On tonight's episode, I've invited the owner of West Winds Wood Sculpting Studio, Dave Kurgan. And if we are really, really lucky, we're going to get to see his world-famous cat, Eddie the Bowtie Cat. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on episode eight of the Expressions podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Weiss. I'm with, your, uh, I'm with my friends, as always, Mark Flinders, Ryan Knight, and Aurora Robinson. And we're going to get to a fantastic conversation in just a second with Dave Kurgan. Uh, Dave is somebody who actually my wife, Shelly, first told me about. And I, only, I first was introduced to you as the owner of Eddie the Bowtie Cat, uh, Wasaga Beach's famous cat. And I was following your page, and it's just hilarious the way you're able to um, talk like your cat, I guess we could say, in your posts. Um, and that's where I first was introduced. But then I found out that you're also a wood sculptor, and you do all kinds of amazing things. And, of course, I started seeing the bow ties showing up for our Christmas ornaments and the tree. Uh, and that, that was the next level of your creativity. So I can't wait to get into our conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. And I know this was, again, kind of a short notice thing where we had somebody who, <clears throat> excuse me, we had scheduled and unfortunately they couldn't make it. But I think it's fortunate for us because this conversation is going to be more up my personal alley. And I'm so excited and I can't wait to see what we talk about. So before I talk too much, why don't I talk to Mark for a quick second and the other co-hosts and see what you guys have been up to for the week, if anything has been happening, if you guys have any quick things you want to talk about. Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's been a great week so far. I uh, had some really good weather up here in Thunder Bay on the weekend. I uh, got one of the Transams out of the garage and went for uh, a tutor around the city, so that was pretty good. Um, but I do want to say one thing. You mentioned that Dave is the owner of Eddie the Cat, oh. and that's a, that's a little bit of a misnomer. Nobody owns a cat. <laughs> I so, knew it was coming. I knew it was yeah, coming. So. That is fair. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, true to form, Nitro just left. So, you know, <laughs> classic. Yeah, as long as the door doesn't hit him on the way out, he's good. <laughs> Dogs up, cats up, support staff. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Ryan, what have you been up to this week, man? Uh, not a whole lot, man. I got my, my hot tub up and running, so that's always exciting. And other than that, I'm just trying to keep this COVID hair under control as best as possible. So this hat staying on the majority of the episode, if not the entire episode. <laughs> Why do you but, think I uh, yeah. always wear a hat, Ryan? Always. <laughs> you need to embrace, embrace the COVID here. Just embrace. Honestly, I, I could. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not getting there. We're not there yet. <laughs> I have not had scissors touch this hair since March 10th, 2020. So, um, yeah, probably should. If I did this, I'd look like Krusty the Clown. So we're not going to go there. Aurora, how have you been this week? I've been good. I've been good. It's been a very busy week for me. I um, am no longer Brian's boss. <laughs> well, you still are technically, just not in my store. Just not in your store. So I moved right. out of the new market store and uh, now I'm in the Woodbridge store. Still at Henry's, still at Henry's. Um, but yeah, it's been a busy week. A lot of like transitions, you know. Um, getting the new manager, well, not the new manager, the manager who's returning back up to speed on all the new stuff. And then um, obviously uh, moving to a new store, getting to know where everything is. So yeah. creating your whole new workflow in your new location. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's been pretty good otherwise. For good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's been a hectic week for both of us in that way, in some regards, yeah. more so you. More so you. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, our manager, is back in our store. She was on maternity leave for a while, uh, pretty much the entire COVID crisis, where we had changes every week, and it was a completely new world every week. And Lindsay was, you know, at home with her kids dealing with all that other end of, of the COVID world. And now she's back to this end of the COVID world, and that's just a 
I mean, it's one thing coming back from mat leave. It's another thing coming back from mat leave into an entirely different world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Aurora? A lot has changed. A lot has changed. So much has changed. And speaking of how much has changed, Dave, mm -hmm. how has this whole world changed you? I mean, you have your wood sculpting studio. I'm, I'm not quite sure what all that entails. Maybe you can give us a quick history of um, how you started in wood sculpting and where it is today and how possibly COVID has influenced that whole world, aside from Eddie the Cat, of course. <laughs> well, originally I started wood sculpting many, many, many decades ago, actually. It kind of dates me there. I was in a bad motorcycle accident when I was 16, so I was unable to walk for about three years, went through many, many surgeries. Basically, I got fed up reading books, comic books, watching TV, and one day I came across a blank of wood, a uh, pattern for a blue jay, and I had a knife. So I just kind of sat outside with my crutches and just started carving away. It all kind of blossomed from there. I took the uh, the Blue Jay as far as I could because at that time I hadn't learned anything from anybody else, no books, TV shows. So I took it as far as I was able to, and I kind of put it aside for probably about six or eight months. I picked it up again, and your know, life went on naturally around that. So I picked it up again, and I finally finished it, gave it to my mom actually as a Christmas gift, so she's still in possession of my very first carving. And I slowly started carving more and more throughout the years from there. It, it never was a real job per se at that time it was more of a hobby but something that i always gravitated towards back to and it was basically the most fulfilling thing i was doing at the time kind of work was paying bills it was filling in the extra time as well fast forwarding ahead the accident i was in it did leave me with some pretty bad injuries so as time went by i was unable to still continue working in the workforce so at that point i actually was able to retire with a small pension and pursue woodworking as a full-time or excuse me as a full-time hobby and keep carving and that's how it kind of blossomed into west winds wood sculpting which is basically the business now and it's named after my house that i live in which was originally my grandmother's cottage known as west winds hmm. so we kind of kept the name going as part of the family as far as COVID impacting it it really hasn't because being a work at home artist itself, I have a studio in the house and then I've got my workshop just down at the yard. I'm used to spending many, many days on my own, so to speak. So not really going out maybe for a coffee once in a while, but it didn't impact anything as far as carving went. Believe it or not, I was kind of hoping that with COVID things would slow down. Instead, they kind of went reversal. I got this year and this year and this year. As it stands right now, I've got a Sorry, one sec there, Dave. Actually, we're, I, I don't know. It sounds like we're all having some audio issues there trying to hear you. Um, okay. Right in that last, like, 10 seconds or so, the audio just seemed to uh, to give out. Oh, okay. Is is the microphone in your headset, or? It is. I'm just kind of turning it right now to see. How's that? A lot better. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Probably cool. underneath my collar. Yeah, maybe, or something. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it's interesting how this whole situation has impacted some people differently than others. Um, to sit at, to be able to be home and to be in that safe bubble and not have to worry about uh, meeting other people or getting involved and going to work and dealing with all these people, that's got to be so much better for your, your mental state than having to go out there and deal with all that every day. Almost the opposite, actually, because being, I, come from a long line of actually sales career jobs and having my own businesses. So I'm still used to dealing with people face to face. So because of COVID, I've actually had to embrace technology more and more 
versus being a typical woodcarver where it's power tools, hand knives, and everything else, and nothing really electronic, say for maybe an iPod or a stereo, I've now had to kind of stress out and embrace technology a little bit more and learn how to do things like this. Now, I'm kind of curious, do you find that since you started embracing technology that it's made your life easier, or do you find that you would just as easy go back to the old way that you're used to? Bit of both, more of a time waster, actually. Yeah. Once you start getting online and surfing and looking through these links and next links and links after that, you can lose a few hours. You still learn stuff. <laughs> things pile up at one end and you learn stuff in the other. Yeah. yeah. But I did learn a long time ago that when you're in a search engine and you're looking for woodworking products, never type in exotic wood without being very, very literal. Oh. I'm surprised the things you get. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we would. I don't think we would be surprised. No, I'm not quite sure what you mean. You know, this this does have an explicit rating. This show, maybe you should explain. What, no, I'm, just, <laughs> um, uh, I'm actually curious how because uh, I find there's a lot of like crap, like wood carvers and and sculptors and things like that uh, that make a lot of their money selling their stuff at you know like uh, what's it called. Craft shows, Fairs, and stuff. Yep. craft shows, yep. farmer markets, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, how has that uh, side of your business changed, or did you do selling online previous to this? I did a little bit of online selling through my own Westwind site Facebook page. So basically, people would contact me, and we talk from there. It's more of a tactile thing if I'm doing custom pieces. So I have to find out what the person's looking for, their likes, their wants, and desires in it. But I used to do a lot of Christmas shows. There was the uh, Sugar Plum Fair in Alliston. I do a couple of local Christmas shows. And they were very lucrative. They were very good. But as we talk a bit later on, and you find out a little bit more about Eddie and how he's helped out, he was almost the stepping point for the business going in a different direction where I'm being sought out now, which is nice. And if things do change completely and we're no longer able to really do large venues or fairs anymore, which we don't know what's going to happen over the next few years, I might not even do fairs or shows even after when we're allowed, because as it stands, I'm busy enough now that I almost need three of me sometimes to keep up. Well, so that's great. That's it's the dream. in a unique way, actually. Instead of going backwards, it's gone forward, left, and right. So it's branching out all over. No pun intended with branch. But a bum. Exactly. <laughs> so I've heard so much about this Eddie the cat, and I've I've been promised a cuteness overload. Um. <laughs> She's the whole time. She's like I don't care about anything else. Show me this cat. Let's. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this: the hard part about um, asking a cat to be on a show, as we found out with Nitro and Mark a few minutes ago, is you can't really ask a cat to do anything. That's so true. Mark nailed I'm it. Mark nailed it earlier. You, the cat is doesn't own. So the cat owns you. You don't own the cat. Like exactly. that's so. So I'd imagine Eddie will make an appearance if he if he happens to jump up and down or jump up and onto your lap and if he feels it. I so, might have to ask my wife nicely if she'll go and kind of pry his twenty-one pound <laughs> self off the bed for me. Twenty-one uh, pounds. Oh. So I'm and just bro. curious because, like, uh, uh, you've been talking about the famous Eddie the cat. Like, uh, does he have a, an Instagram or what is it? He does. It's uh, Eddie the Bowtie Cat, which is his Instagram handle. And okay. he has his own Facebook site, which is Eddie Wasaga Beach's Bowtie Cat. And cool. so far, he's got at least, we're, we haven't been able to get factual numbers, but he's well over 100,000 followers so far. Wow. Whoa. So he goes worldwide. I get messages from as far away as Cape Verde. He's got a big <laughs> fan base in England, which. That's amazing. Uh, bow ties as well, and they like him for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a shot in the dark real quick. Is it a wooden bow tie? 
I haven't done a windmill. <laughs> really? Lights away at the moment. Wait, hang on. I I was just uh, you know making a, a sarcastic joke there. There was no way you haven't put a wooden bow tie on that on the bow tie cat. A woodmaker of all things. <laughs> I gotta yeah, find the proper wood for him. Possibly tiger wood, because that would go nice with him. Okay, so you're talking about the bow ties he actually wears, because the yes. bow ties you've made as ornaments are wood. They are. Well, that's what I was under the impression of. Yeah, I yes. know that he'd given you a wooden bow tie, yeah. and I thought, okay, so the this cat must be walking around in all these sorts of different fancy wooden bow ties, but you, sir, must be saving it for something special. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> and do you do you make the bow ties, or do you purchase them online or in stores? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. My wife's really good at the sewing machine, so she okay. makes all the bow ties. Okay. Uh, we've had fabric sent to us from all the way around the world. And sometimes we get bow ties that are already pre-made that are sent to us as well, too. Okay. So it's kind of a combination of about 90% made, 10% comes from finding them and being sent them. So his bow tie collection right now is exceeding about 450, and it grows daily. Whoa. Wow. wow. He's a sharp-dressed little guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can see that. I found his Facebook page here. And he's not that little, as you were saying. I had a cat exactly. that was around 21 pounds myself. His name was Snapperhead. He was my boy and uh, Mr. Snaps. That's where my camera's name comes from. And that's where, you know, my, my Mr. Snaps at whatever email thing that I have comes from. Um, yeah. It's, it, it turned into my whole world. My snapper head, he was my savior, you know, and you first move out on your own and you're living alone in a new country. Like I was in that time, having that soul there to, to keep you sane is a huge, huge asset. Um, you mentioned how Eddie was a stepping stone for you to get into um, you know, better business and, and so on and so forth. And you also mentioned how the internet is such a time waster. Mm -hmm. So sometimes though, promoting Eddie and I'm not, I shouldn't say promoting Eddie because your posts aren't promoting Eddie. Your posts are fun, uh, inspiring posts and sometimes seen from the vantage point of Eddie. Mm -hmm. So Eddie is speaking and the way that you articulate what he's saying and the, the length of the posts is, has got to be, not a time waster, but that's got to take so much time to sit and like, there's times I'm sitting with Shelly and I'm trying to think up a post to put on Facebook and she's trying to talk to me. I'm just like, eh, you know, like <laughs> so I can only imagine how much time you have to put into some of these posts. Is that something that's a problem for you? Or you just sit there just like off they go. Usually it's something I do first thing in the morning. Sometimes it'll be on the fly. I might not have an idea the night before and kind of come up with something. There is a site that I use, which is days of the week. So there's like different fun days that you can actually work on. And I'll look ahead sometimes and kind of schedule it around that. I'll have different story arcs. And sometimes it's just kind of go by feel. So if there's a particular current event or something like that or anything bad's happened in the world, sometimes Eddie will do a little memorial for that. So it keeps you busy in the morning. It takes you about a half an hour, 45 minutes. I've usually got a photograph picked out ahead of time. Eddie doesn't mind pictures if I take them, but sometimes you got to get them in the right pose. And that can take a little bit of time. I was going to ask about that. I mean, <laughs> I cannot ask Dixie to – like, I don't have pictures of – I'm a photographer, and I don't really have pictures of Dixie that I can say are great pictures. And every picture of Eddie, he's standing nice and proud. He's got his bow tie on. He's looking happy. Like he smiles it, for the camera. He's a diva for the camera. That's if fantastic. Only, if I'm taking the picture, anybody else, we've had people over the house before pre COVID. And if Eddie wants to come out and see you, he will. I've tried to coax him out before. And it's like holding onto a bag of basically a gunny sack full of pudding with fur and fangs. <laughs> he lets you know he doesn't. But if he comes out, he'll sit there and 
he'll be very skittish, but the minute somebody strange looks at him and says, you're very handsome or you look nice in your bow tie, you swear to God, he sits higher and gets a big silly cat grin on his face and he'll strike a pose. <laughs> nice. That is so cute. <laughs> How old is Eddie now? He is. He just turned eight, actually. Nice. Perfect age. So he's still still a young guy. Pretty well. Then he still makes a good thud when he jumps on the floor, too. So <laughs> the 21 pounds, I'll say. <laughs> the house kind of shakes a bit. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure about Dixie. I think she's around 9 or 10 pounds. And when she jumps from thing to thing, you can hear it throughout the house. So I can only imagine. <laughs> That's what a cat does. They let you know they're there. Yeah. When they want to. And then exactly. other times they sneak up on you and they shock you. <laughs> so when you come out of the bathroom, they run right in front of your feet to try to trip you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a skill that they have. Um, now, I mentioned before that you are a wood sculptor. What does that mean? What, what's different between a wood sculptor and a woodworker or somebody who builds furniture and things like that? I, use I said wood maker earlier, so I had it completely wrong. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's growing trees. I was going to say, a wood maker is a different thing. <laughs> be able to grow my own product and stock. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've kind of gone towards wood sculpture because it, it'll encompass all sorts of things because I have made some furniture. I make a lot of my own furniture for my house, actually. Um, I do lifelike carvings of songbirds, game fish as well. And I've done stylized pieces, two-dimensional pieces, three-dimensional pieces, uh, whimsical pieces, different Christmas ornaments and things. So it kind of goes right across the, the board. Some people like to whittle. Some people are specific wood carvers. Some people do sculpture. I kind of go across the board. So wood sculpture kind of works good across because I can work with anything in that per, in that parameter, basically. Got it. I'm just trying to find a photo I'm, of one of the pieces. Go ahead. I'll, I'll I'm, find I'm this curious. One. You were talking earlier about that uh, that Blue Jay was the first piece you'd ever worked on, as, and it started something you picked up and just tried to do. Do you still have that piece, and how did it turn out at the end? I do still have it. It's my first piece, so I'm going to be naturally extremely critical. But mm -hmm. as time has gone by, I can actually look at it as a beginner piece and I still kind of amaze myself at how far I came with it for not having any idea, any training, just basically going by feel. I just kind of did what felt right. There's, uh, for example, there's a lot of wood burning that's done in carvings to simulate the feather detail and the sculpture and waves to the feathers. There are precision tools that I use now that are actually almost like a heated knife blade. But at that time, I was using one of the, the old kind of wood burners that we're used to that has that super wide head on it that you burn your hands and fry your fingers more than you do subject matter. <laughs> And I was able to get some good details and results with that. So it's kind of neat what you can do with limited tools at the beginning. So even though you might be critical of your own work, you can still be appreciative of how far you came, especially on that very first piece. That's that's great. Exactly. It's a progression piece. Every piece I do is different, and I can actually see a little bit of growth in each one, regardless if it's a simple piece or a detailed piece. I do see progression forward, which is nice. I follow the philosophy that every student's a teacher and every teacher's a student. You're always going to continually learn all the way up till the end. If you're lucky. And how yes, long... Exactly. If at all, did you continue to work on that piece for? Do you still touch it up from time to time, or was that something that after you'd you'd reached the point and said, "I'm never, I'm never going back to this. This is where I want it to be." Because obviously, like you said, you're critical of it. So I'm curious if it's something that you're you're willing to keep touching up, or if you've just kind of let it be a piece of history. I'd ha I had to leave it alone and let it be its own piece because if I went back to fix one part, I'd fix another and then another, and it would it would no longer be the original piece. It would be something right. totally different. Right. I can respect that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
it seems like the first thing you started with obviously was a bird um mm -hmm. and you say you do a lot of like bird pieces as well as like fish pieces as well are you into kind of like wildlife is or like camping like things like that is that one of your inspirations that you pulled from I've always liked nature. When I was younger, some years younger, I used to do a lot of fishing, and I actually turned that into a fly fishing business. I became a commercial fly tire and a professional fly fishing guide. So I was always out fishing, out in the woods, hiking, camping. Not really a lot of camping, unless you consider the back of a pickup truck with a carpeted bed liner when I was fishing camping. <laughs> which I do, which I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'd always be out in the environment, and growing up in Wasaga Beach, there wasn't the population there was now. So I'm still surrounded by a lot of woodland. So I spent most of my younger years running through the woods with my dog and exploring and not getting into a lot of trouble per se, but I probably wandered across too many farmers' fields and scared the hell out of their cattle at one time or another. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with a little cow tipping? Haven't done that yet. Expressions do not condone any cow tipping. <laughs> as long as it's over 10%, that's a good tip to give to a cow. Remember there you go. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I like 15 myself. That's there my standard go. is 15. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, show oh. this. Oh, we've got the infinity screen. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm getting used to the screen share thing. Can you guys see the, the photo I have up now? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. This is one of your works here. Can you explain what you did here? The uh, My wife and I did a small addition to the house. We built a new false wall. We wanted to increase closet space. And I'm never happy with anything stock. I like to make my own custom pieces. So for this piece, the door that I made, actually, it's an inlaid piece of tongue and groove or various tongue and groove pieces that are actually recessed through a reddit channel in the door frame itself. And actually, when you did focus on the knob itself, it's an old porcelain knob, but I actually made the surround for it. So the oh, knob nice. is not a, it's not a working knob, but I wanted to look like the other doorknobs we had in the house. Most of the, the artwork on it, though, is done with uh, various pieces I've cut out. Some bird shapes, blue jays, there's uh, goldfinches in there as well, too, and a cardinal. It's almost a cross between intarsia and lath work. Now, intarsia is an art form where they're using various pieces of wood cut into different shapes and sanded smooth to be put together, almost like a three-dimensional puzzle. So hmm. it still is two-dimensional, hmm. but it has a three-dimensional look to it. And whereas lath work is a derivative of the old, you've heard plaster and lath, so it's natural the lath wood pieces that used to be used by artists many, many years ago. They would stain and dye the lath different colors and almost make like a geometric jigsaw framed puzzle. So this is kind of my own take on it that's just an evolution of it where i've got layers of pieces so i usually write the wood fairly deep so i can have things inset so the wood paneling of the door frame is further back on top of that there are the trees the birch trees i've made and between the birch trees are birds but on top of that are actually the branches or the twigs you could say and then on top of that around the frame are the leaves so looking dead on at it it just looks kind of lumpy and textured, but when the light hits it, or you look at it from different angles, it gets more of a three-dimensional look to it, and almost a perspective depth of feel. I love it. Thank That's you. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I want really that cool. on my door that's right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Well, I think I think Dave knows a guy that would commission it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be talking to you. <laughs> I know so, this cat well. I can put a good word in for you. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> My uh, my question for you, Dave, is is when you're doing a piece like that, where do you get the inspiration? Um, like, do you do you 
uh, sort of dream up the design yourself or do you mimic somebody else's work or um, like I, I was looking through your um, your Facebook page there and and, and I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say, no pun intended, that, that you dream it up yourself because I've never seen anything like your work anywhere. Thank you. It's almost... I can see the derivative back to a lot of the Tom Thompson group of seven pictures, the way that they actually do the trees. And it's not, I don't really use the term plagiaristic because every art is basically a derivative of something else. There is nothing really unique and original out there that hasn't been played with a one time before. So almost an interpretation of what he does, but with wood. And I've always liked the way his colors are, the way the shapes are and the flow, and tried to put that into wood itself, which is more three-dimensional, and using the natural grain of the wood to bring it forward as well, too. It just kind of morphs from there, because we have a lot of birds in our yard and a lot of white pine trees, so it's almost like a natural preserve we've got here. And it's just, it's almost what I see at the window. So if I get lots of flocks of blue jays, I might get into a blue jay mood. I see a nice cardinal, I might do the same thing. Yeah. Kind of depends on the day and what's happening inside. Perfect. That's awesome. One of the things I always talk about is somebody's progression, uh, what you've endured in life that led you to what you appreciate as an adult or as an artist or things like that. Uh, I always talk about these pictures that I have of Frederick Remington art from when I was younger and I went to a museum and how they inspired the kind of stuff that I like and photograph today. Mm-hmm. Do you have an artist? Do you have anybody that um, inspired you to do the kind of work you're doing right now? When you hear the artist, it'll probably floor you. It's H.R. Giger, actually. The man who created the whole theme behind the original Alien movie. I was going to say. Oh. I, I, I mechanical artwork. <laughs> oh, wow. I've always oh. liked his, his artwork because it's a limited palette of color. It's almost a reverse of color. But it's being biomechanical, naturally, you know, it's, it's all cyberpunk nowadays, but where you've got biological and you've got mechanical, but it's the fact that he's able to take a two-dimensional piece, a canvas or a piece of paper, and give it a 3D look and put such extreme emotion and feeling behind it with just a few colors and a few strokes and a few shapes. Then you get actually into his, his sculptures and his other pieces, and then that's where all the nightmares come out. But still, <laughs> a lot of the stuff he does is just, it's amazing. So he's one of my biggest visual artists, along with uh, Goya, who uh, also did uh, work with Soyarama, who did a lot of the chrome airbrushed cyborgs, basically. Very big some years ago in the airbrushing world, where it was all cybernetics as well. Not so much the shape or the form, but the play of color, how you can take basic colors and make it look like metal. Or you can Mm. take a few colors and make a massive emotion come out of it. So those guys have been my biggest inspiration for conveying ideas as for ideas and feelings behind nature, it would have to be Tom Thompson and the rest of the group of seven. Uh, That's so cool. I was blessed to be able to teach light painting photography in Tom Thompson's shack at McMichael Art Gallery. Nice. That's one of my career highlights by far. There must have been a great vibe in there. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it wasn't dark enough. (laughs) We had to put curtains up in certain areas, like completely curtain off an area to make it dark enough to do light painting. But, oh, yeah, the vibe was incredible. There were a lot of spiders. But, you know, that's okay. No, it's not. No, it's not, Brian. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) I'm sure Shelly could set you up with a couple of good spider horror movies. Oh, yeah, she can definitely, and she won't be anywhere near watching them because she hates spiders more than anybody. So, <laughs> uh, again, again, Brian, I don't think that's true. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, one of the other things you mentioned earlier was the accident that you were in. Um, now, in the notes, in the uh, what you gave us back when I asked you some questions earlier, one of the things you said was you died twice. I did. Uh, once Whoa. I was actually clinically dead for over seven minutes, and the other time a little bit over three minutes. So it just proves heaven doesn't want me and hell's full, so they keep sending me back. There you go. That's a good sign. That's a good it's, sign. It's I got something else to do. That's right. It was. I won't say that those were the events that kind of shaped how I am today, but they did open the doorway through for recuperation and just seeing how people treat somebody who's with a cane or with crutches opens the eyes as well. There's a lot of condescension from some people or over caring from others. You become a different person when you're disabled. So the results of the accident destroyed my left leg. Basically it's been surgically straightened. It's been rebuilt. It still is my leg, but it doesn't function as a normal leg would. It's more of a kind of a two by four with a wiggly foot on the end of it. But the minute people in society notice something different about you, they're either either resentful, they don't like you, or they're extremely helpful, almost sickeningly sweet helpful. It's through that that I was able to actually start seeing kind of how fake people are, we'll say. There's mm. people are, fake might be too strong of a word. People are far too busy and focused in their own environment, which they have to be because it's a breakneck speed we work at. They want everything done instantly. We have no time to do anything. And it's because of that, I kind of step step to the left, I guess, moved aside from it, and just saw things in my own way, wanted to do my own things, kind of slow down. And it sounds very you know, cliche following a different path, but I found my own pathway. And when I can't find it anymore, I just start blazing my own trail and carving what I see. And surviving one foot in front of the other, making it happen. You bring up a really good point. Um, just talking about how it shows how people can be fake or whatever. You weren't sure if that's necessarily the word. I know with myself, I found I used to be very guilty of anytime I was around anybody with a handicap or disability, especially working in customer service, I tried to to go above and beyond. I tried to be that overcaring mental, whatever you want to call that mentality. And I learned through, you know, interviews through different people with disabilities or who've been through these accidents saying the same thing that I think you're saying, which is just we're, we're still people at the end of the day there's no difference nothing has changed outside of we've gone through something traumatic or whatever but the end of the day there's no change in who you are as a person and exactly. so you should be treated as such so i see where that that term fake comes in because to me i wouldn't view it as fake necessarily but i was definitely playing it up it was definitely like a, oh what can i do for you how can i help you when at the end of the day that's not what anybody wants nobody needs that at all so it is appreciated but it's also you can tell the difference between some people. It's almost like a, a decent salesman or let's say a used car salesman. You know, mm -hmm. when people are kind of being slimy to you and they want to sell you everything and everything, there's people like that with the disabled groups. And then there's people that are just, they genuinely care. And you can see it when they want to do a little bit extra. It's just they're, they're concerned, which is- You nice. can feel it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. there's people like Shelly. You make her mad. She tells you to get the hell out of the store. <laughs> then she does. Yeah, she does. That's why they call her no nonsense Shelly Weiss at wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. That's right. Yeah. Shelly doesn't take anything. I love that about her. I do. I mean, when you're a shorter person and the world is coming at you to be able to stand strong and to, to stand up for yourself, that's, that's amazing. Love it. That's one of the nicest things I recall about first meeting Shelly is just a big smile and just a presence. We'll put it that way. doesn't matter how mm -hmm. big, how tall or anything, just she's there. Yeah, absolutely. She reminds me of my wife. Good to have on your side, bad to have as an enemy. Mm. <laughs> That's why I'm still married after 25 years. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm ecstatic. I love her. Um, one of the things, though, that she really helps me with, especially these days, is emotional support. 
-hmm. And um, I know you have your wife, but Eddie is a big part of that for you, isn't he? He is. He's kind of my familiar, you could actually say. Animals are just, especially I've noticed with cats, they kind of pick up on their people. They know when something's wrong. They know when you want them nearby. And they're always shadowing you. There's When Eddie's up and around, he's always watching me, always following me around. He's always got an eye on me. But if I'm mm -hmm. having... If I'm having a bad day, I do suffer from PTSD, and with that comes the other two twins of depression and anxiety. If I'm having a bad day, he will not leave my side, which is nice because he's, even if it's a really bad event, he's a good grounding effect beside me. So you, you reach out a hand, he's tactile, you know, you feel the fur, you go through the typical motions of how the experts say to be grounded, but just for the fact he's there. He responds, he purrs, and he doesn't want anything other than to be with you. So it's it's not like somebody expecting anything. He's just there. Mm -hmm. It's something you can lean on and just bank on all the time. He's always there. And he wants to be with you. Exactly. Not just anybody. He you. He wants to be around me. Exactly. It's, uh, with Dixie, it's the same thing. If anybody comes into the house, she's gone. She has no interest. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they're gone, she comes back out, and she has to look to her humans and be like, we're still good? <laughs> cats are unique they're so unique and uh just the laying on top of you and purring is such a, a calming experience so not when they're 21 pounds so probably... <laughs> i'd also like to i'd also like to add not when it's 4 a.m <laughs> <laughs> that's when those dreams are being smothered <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I do remember Snapperhead laying on my on my legs when I had my feet out on a coffee table, and my knees felt like they were bending backwards. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> everything goes to sleep the minute you stand up. You fall over almost. Yeah, exactly. Did you get Eddie when he was just a uh, newborn, or did you pick him up as an adoption? We did when he was a kitten from a rescue shelter. So he was. It's kind of a funny story. Originally, he was going to be for my mom because my mom always wanted a little black-footed tabby cat. So one of our friends who has a shelter contacted us and said they got a litter of kittens. So my wife and I went to check them out. And there was six kittens in total, and they were all tabbies, except Eddie was the only one that had an orange nose. All the rest had little black noses. And they were about four and a half to five weeks of age, I believe. So the minute we walked into the room, all six kittens looked at us, five scattered. Eddie stood his ground, almost like, what do you want? It's my place. Go away. So he was the <laughs> one we picked out. So we'll fast forward it ahead. So we gave Eddie to my mom, and he was a cute little bugger. He liked my mom at first as well, too, which nothing that my mom actually did. Eddie just became attached to me. So he would follow me around and everything. And I didn't go out of my way to, to tame him or make him mine. He just wandered across that way, so to speak, and became stuck to me. He likes my mom, he tolerates my wife, but he's truly my cat. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat how it works, but getting picked out by a cat is a great thing. And for you guys with cats, you know what it's like. Yeah. You get picked out, and that's it. Absolutely. So my wife, actually, funny story, uh, we've been together now for almost four years, and when we first got together, I had a lot of rules for her cat. I said, hey, this cat can't come on the bed. I, this cat sheds like crazy. I can't I can't afford to be cleaning this up every day. This can't come into the basement and chew my, my cords and my, no, 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 this cat can't do X, X, X. Uh, now that cat has pretty much run the entire house. But the funny part is that my wife now says, that's your cat. Like, that's not even my cat anymore because that cat will literally, she'll walk upstairs and then I'll come up 20 minutes later and go, that cat hasn't moved. But the second she heard you coming up the stairs, it's meow, meow, and runs looking for me. So uh, I definitely, I can see where that comes in. It's it's crazy how cats do have this weird mentality of just, they, they know who they like and this weird sense of people, I guess exactly. is what cats are really known for, so. 
and they to, know what you need the most too. It's true, but it's even to the point where they give something different to different people. Yes. Like we've got three people in the house, my mother-in-law downstairs, my wife and myself, and Dixie and all of our cats, Angel and Snapperhead previously, they all gave something a little different to each person and they took something a little different from each person. Um, it's amazing the healing power that any pet can have, um, dogs and I don't know, cockatiels, whatever you might have, I don't know, who knows. But cats, are, I just find so different. I love them. I like how, how they don't just want to make you happy by being like, I love you, I love you. They want to make you happy by just showing you they care, and they actually do, and they listen, and they're smart. I know it's weird, but. Even just when they raise their head, they just watch you walk across the room. You know you're being watched and being taken care of. Because like you said, it's better, not better, but different than a dog where they want to please you. Cats just, okay, you're mine, I'm happy, you're here, I'm safe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of the questions I asked you on my email that I sent you was how have your family or friends influenced your creative journey? I loved your answer. I don't know if you remember it word for word. I can read it if you don't. Sure. Um, but basically you said through support of my pieces, suggestions and ideas seen through other eyes, art is a group creative emotion. It can come from one person executing in a medium, but it's based on events and observations of others too. What I think you're saying is when you show your art to your family and they tell you how it makes them feel and they tell you how it makes them look at things, you're willing to relook at the art and say, that's a different perspective. I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it so that it's not just okay the way you like it, but it's okay the way everybody likes it. Is, is that, am I reading that right? You are. It's, I might, let's say create a bird i've carved a, a blue jay we'll say to me it's just you know i've carved a blue jay i've got the feathers right the proper count of feathers the beaks this way the eyelids look like this so anatomically to me it's correct so i'm creating something to be anatomically correct meanwhile somebody else might see it and they automatically have a flashback to when they were with their grandmother and feeding blue jays one of their most fondest memories of being with their grandmother or somebody else they were camping at algonquin park they saw blue jays it could be a thousand things mm -hmm. so it's the the group interpretation really and it's different with everybody you can you can draw a car and it's a thousand different things to somebody else it's nice art is really evocative of creating a more of an emotional connection and that's good and bad it's a sad thing how society's gotten nowadays where it's like a 10 second flash you know this is the latest trend this is the latest trend you'll appreciate this brian being a photographer and artistically taking pictures it's basically showing what you see what you feel and allowing other people to interpret what you've seen and felt and take it and borrow it and make it their own as well so it's basically unconditional sharing whereas now i really love that yeah. It's, yeah. Nowadays, it's what Kim Kardashian's wearing and Kanye West is singing about and this and that. It's it's psychobabble. It goes in one ear out the other. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. And like it's you said, too, the it's yeah. the interpretations can be both good and bad. Like for me, there's a lot of things like whether it be music, photos, movies that I watch and I feel a certain thing or I watch it because it reminds me, takes me back to a certain place or makes me feel a certain thing, whether or not that was their intention with what they made. But on the other flip side, there's ways that people will rely on these things and look at it and it almost encourages a negative mindset, right? You might watch a movie because it reminds you of a bad relationship and then you're stuck in this loop because you're just, for you, that's sort of how you're interpreting it is that that's yeah. my life. This is how I'm supposed to live my life and I'm this worthless, whatever. So there's there's both a positive and a negative to, to being able to interpret art in your own way. Exactly. And it's a job of anybody who does anything artistic to be able to share it. Mm -hmm. freely and easily with people so it's i usually for my for my own individual pricing on my pieces i keep it low 
I'm able to pay for my own stuff and I'd probably never make any money in my time and I'll never get filthy rich doing it, but that's not why I'm doing it. It's more to share a bit of myself and feelings and emotions with others. And besides, if I can sell something and it pays for another block of wood, it gives me more chance to interpret something and to explain something to somebody else. It's fun. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So it, what I find interesting is you were you were talking about the carving the blue jay, for instance, and, and how you've made it anatom anatomically correct. What I find really interesting about a, um, an art form like your uh, um, wood sculpting is you could have two sculptors that both sculpt birds mm -hmm. say to them both, hey, make me a blue jay, and you'll get a different interpretation from each artist. Uh, which is what I really love. Like I love seeing uh, different people's work. It's like as a photographer, I love looking at Brian's pictures and, and Aurora's pictures, and and they 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 fall into two categories for me. I really I either really admire it, or or I fall into that. Oh, geez, I wish I took that picture. Uh, so so that's where where I want to strive to get better. So um, I find it really really interesting how you can interpret uh, the Blue Jay in one way, and then even looking through your pieces uh, on your Facebook page. I noticed that there's uh, different interpretations, and I guess it would depend on um, who's who's who you've commissioned the piece from, um, so that you know who it's going to. What did they want? Did they want something more whimsical or something more anatomical? Um, what out of those? Um, what it, what are the pieces you prefer? Where I phone you and go, Hey Dave, I want a Blue Jay, or Hey Dave, I want a Blue Jay and I want it in this style. Usually the first. Yeah. I like to have the the artistic freedom will say that I'll sit down and you know it's if it's something dealing with a specific emotion, a specific memory, we'll focus on that. But I still like to have the ability that I know it's a blue jay, but it gets too much like work when you say, I want a blue jay, I want this wing out, I want this leg like this, I want them to be looking like this and this. I like the easy thing where you say, Do me a blue jay and a pine tree. There's five hundred different pine trees to take place, there's different blue jays points of life there's juveniles adults sub-adults there's even stellar's jays so there's all sorts of different birds okay. we can work with so that makes yeah. it more fun more flexible really okay so the freedom obviously is, is is key for you you like having that artistic freedom the ability to just take a blank project and go yeah let me let me work my magic on this i've turned aside many things because it's being on a pension my wife has a good job as well so we do okay we survive you know bills are paid we've always got lots of food i'm able to actually turn things away that i just don't spark with i'll never okay. do it for money i've always made that that unconscious choice to myself that i will never treat this as a job or as a way to make ends meet it's all bonus money that basically goes back into the art and pays for things here and there and everything else but if i approached it as i've got to make x number of bucks today or i've got to make x number mm -hmm. of bucks a month to pay this, <clears> then you're getting out of bed you're going to work I like to get out of bed, have a coffee, play with a cat, wander to the studio, do this, do that, wander down to the shop. Live. I'll, have a, I'll have a goal in mind. I want to get this done today, but I've got today to do it. So I don't have to do this, 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 and this. And I really don't have to answer to anybody but myself, which turns out I can be a real prick when I have deadlines. <laughs> and I know that you doing this show tonight might be pushing some deadlines back, so we won't keep you for too much longer. Nope, that's um, okay. One thing you did say, and everybody's talked about the term artistic freedom. Uh, to me, I think artistic freedom, also known as I shoot for me. That's kind of my hashtag in life. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to photography, I don't want the jobs shooting weddings or like you say, it's not going to dictate myself and my creativity. I, I shoot for me. I enjoy yeah. it. I do it because I enjoy it. So that giving myself permission to have artistic freedom in the form of the hashtag I shoot for me has really been a game changer for my mental state. That's gotta, I mean, have you ever been in the position where you had to 
do work for commission and, and for the money to the point where you said, I can't handle it? Did you have a job out there that, that really keyed in and said, oh, screw this, I'm not doing this? Because I know I have. That's what made me go to iShoot for me. I had a commission piece last year that I was supposed to be doing. Um, took a deposit for it. It's It was a commission piece for a loved one. The uh, They lost their father, so they wanted something to remember him by. So we discussed, you know, he liked his electric guitar. So doing like a stylized electric guitar with elements of this and this and this. It was a good idea until the ex-wife and the three children got involved. Then I was going in four different directions. And instead of going to bed at night thinking, well, tomorrow I might work on the neck of the guitar or this, or I might not do anything for a week on it and do this. I was obsessing over it, figuring, mm -hmm. okay, well, I've got to do this. And this person has to be happy. I apologized, said I wasn't able to do it, returned the commission. Things still stayed good in friendship, which was nice. But that's when I was even more firmly set on, I'll do what I want to do and yeah. go with the spark that I want to get. So if it's naturally, if it's something that motivates you and that you feel good about, you're going to do extra. But when yeah. it gets to be that, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, when that happens, Absolutely. You, just, you just basically say the hell with it and want to did not do it. Even with my own show right now, like I'm on a week break. I said, I, you guys might have seen it on my Facebook. I said, I'm taking a week or I'm not working. Like, this show is, to me isn't work. This isn't work. This is enjoyable. This is therapeutic. This is a whole lot of things. So, But for everything else, I, I said, for this week, I'm not, I'm not responding to messages when it comes to wrestling or Night to the Squared Circle or any of that because I found myself obsessing too much. It got to a point where I was every, spending every day just being like, I got to do this, 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 and this. And if I don't get X, X, X done, then this person's going to be mad about this. I have to make sure this is ready for them. And it just got to a point it wasn't as, I wouldn't say it wasn't enjoyable, but it was definitely, it became a lot more obsessive than anything else. And you had to you know, make that time for yourself and find the enjoyment out of it. So, And when you do that, you find yourself going back to that narrow track when you're focusing on yourself, nothing mm -hmm. to the left, nothing to the right, and you, you don't see anything else. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really glad that you, you mentioned that because that's something that uh, I think I needed to hear right now. Especially <laughs> like, right now. this week-long break is probably a smart idea. <laughs> good for you for doing it. It's a good yeah. time to recharge. I'll sometimes take a week off from carving or I'll do something else like we did our renovations and I did the door. That was purely for enjoyment, for fun. Put mm -hmm. things on hold for a bit. and I kind of act like the engineer Scotty at the classic Star Trek series. I will promise miracles, but I tack on an extra two weeks on it just just to make sure that I have time to do it and relax. <laughs> nice. We can learn That's a lot awesome. from Star Trek all the way. <laughs> That's for sure. That's blasphemy to the day before uh, May the 4th. Just just going to throw that out yeah. there. <laughs> just close to Star Wars Day. <laughs> I'm offended. Tomorrow. Make sure you watch Freddy tomorrow. He's got a good Star Wars post coming out tomorrow. There you go. Oh, okay, nice. I'm excited. I'm, I'm I keep already mind, followed him. This show yeah, is airing. Yeah, sorry. This show is airing on the 31st of May, so a little bit after. But, uh, yeah, May the 4th, we're recording on May the 3rd for all of those who are, who are wondering what's going on right now. <laughs> I just want to plug Star Wars, so now everybody has a reason to watch Star Wars tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and a reason to watch Eddie tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. For the only the hint I'll give away is he is truly the last Eddie. And we'll leave it at that. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Very good. Very good. All right, um, Aurora, Ryan, Mark, do you have any other questions for Dave before we go to the, the questions that we have for him officially? Um, I personally don't have any questions. I just wanted to say thank you, Dave, for coming on. Sorry to cut you off there, Aurora. Um, yeah, I just I really wanted to thank Dave for coming on. It's Doing the show has been great and seeing these different viewpoints, having different forms of advice from our different guests has been really great to see. And again, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on and giving your side of, the, uh, of your life. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, it's it's been really awesome to have you on and and learn about this new different kind of creative art form. I didn't know wood burning was part of like wood carving, so that's that's pretty interesting to me. Uh, one of the questions that I had actually, you mentioned earlier, um, Eddie, <coughs> the bowtie cat, your cat, mm -hmm. um, has kind of expanded your business. Yes. Um. So, in what way has he expanded your business? Like, it started out as I just took a picture, Eddie, I have a stool in my studio that Eddie sits on. It's usually it's right beside me, so he's, and he fills the stool well, but that's <laughs> that's his place that he keeps me company. I took a picture of him one day wearing a bow tie and just posted it on my, my West Wind site that said, you know, I've got a, a new helper in the studio. This is my new supervisor. And that was fine. Got a lot of hits on that. The next day I had another picture of Eddie examining some of the stuff. And then I didn't post a picture of Eddie. And I started getting all these messages, you know, where's Eddie? Where's your cat? Where's where's the cat that helps you in the studio? So from then, <laughs> it just kind of blossomed forward where I would do a post every now and then with Eddie. And the, at this time, I was actually finding bow ties at places like the Superstore, your child-sized bow ties. And we put a tie on them and not really a story to go with it, but you got a cute tabby cat and a bow tie. He's basically my overseer, which is kind of neat for the studio. But from then, oh, I saw a tail. I was just going to say, yeah. I saw a cat there. She made her appearance. I don't think she wants to stay. And she'll probably start biting me in a second. But well, sorry, go ahead. The uh, And it just started kind of blossoming forward from there. I got a lot more attention to West Winds, which was nice. But that actually was more attention towards Eddie itself. So naturally, you know, the wood sculpting did start growing more and more and more. And I became known as Eddie's dad and the woodcarver as well, too. <laughs> but Eddie kind of took on a life of his own and it just naturally morphed into ties that told a story. And at first they'd be kind of cute stories, you know, like he might be wearing a, a steel colored tie because he's going to you know, play some heavy metal with me today or whichever. <laughs> and from then on. The story started morphing out where I would have Eddie ran for actually local mayor. He probably would have won too if he had two legs versus four. <laughs> Eddie's been a super spy. And Shelly also knows about all the different movies that Eddie was in because we sent lots of pictures of things like <laughs> Fly Day the 13th. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's taken on a life of his own, but a lot of times the stories will have meanings behind it. I've had people contact me about autism about bullying so the stories appeal basically from children to adults but they're seen through the eyes of eddie who is always going to be perpetually a child so he does have his own language it's called Edmese. and the reason why he kind of speaks funny and has lots of z's and s's is because he's got four big fangs and not a lot of pucker he also has wet words too which basically you don't want him to say things like succotash in your face because you're going to get covered in cat goop <laughs> I love the amount of like that of work that's gone into this and like yeah. care not just work care it sounds like it's a lot of care where you guys have sat back and created this whole world around your cat that you put so much effort into which I really I adore that I adore that so much yeah he's, he's kind and, of my four-legged son believe it or not because it's I look at it as like having a my wife and I never had children so Eddie's kind of our kid which <laughs> and his antics he and I have all sorts of adventures and I can see it kind of through his eyes because He's never known malice. He's never known anything bad. So it's seeing things in an innocent manner without being too kind of sappy or overly innocent. He does know that things happen, but he still looks at the good for things. Mm -hmm. And he promotes Wasaga Beach. So every time Eddie's shared across the internet, Wasaga Beach goes with him as well, too. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. He's become the ambassador because he's a ham fan. That's his favorite treat. So he's now known <laughs> as the ambassador of Foodland in Wasaga Beach. He's wow. an honorary staff member at Grandma's Beach Treats. 
<laughs> he's the official spokes cat for the Wasega Beach Home Hardware Store. He's the Handicats. So he's, <laughs> he's known, you find his pictures all over in different businesses as well, too. And it's fun. So That's people who so know Eddie fun. or who visit, they see his pictures, and it's it's great the way people talk about him. And I'll say this. I'm looking at the five of us right now, and all five of us have a big smile on our face. That's what it's about. Exactly. That's exactly what it's all about. Um, the, the only question that I had um, was to, to go back to the uh, the wood carving again. Um, when, you, when you're doing the, the birds and things, do you do you take photos as well as reference, or do you find photos for reference, or just do you see the bird and go, I want to carve my bird this way, and now you don't need the reference. You just go ahead and do that. Kind of all the above. I'll okay. actually go through a lot of ornithological ornithological charts. Try to say that okay. five times fast. Nope. We'll call them bird pages. So yeah. there's things like Peterson's books and Sibley's books as well too. So they'll give you an idea on sizes yeah. and variations. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Excellent book. Perfect. The um, I will take my own pictures through observation. We have a lot of bird feeders. Yeah. My mom's always feeding the birds, so you can just sit at the dining room window and see whatever you want to see at the bird feeder at any given time. Yeah. And then I just kind of let artistic license go there once. Once you understand the subject matter and know how they move, you can almost create any pattern, any position you want them in. So you know that their wings can move this way, their feet can move this way. You're not going against geometry or balance, shaping them in this way. And okay. sometimes they'll do multiple pieces because you've got to go with the grain of the wood. So might be some separate wings, might be some separate feathers. And okay. So it's kind of research and feel. It's all the above. Very cool. Very cool. And does Eddie enjoy uh, watching the bird feeders as well? Oh, he does. He yes. really does. <laughs> he likes chipmunks actually best. He's been known to brain himself a few times in the window because as they oh, run yes. close to they'll kind of turn around and look at you like, yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. I'm <laughs> yeah. My... <laughs> Nothing to see here. Keep moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with that. My wife and I have five cats. And okay. uh, at, uh, at the patio door in the living room, there is a uh, uh, like a deck box that's got all yep. the, the cushions for the patio furniture. And uh, one one day there was this heck of a chatter going on in the living room. We're watching TV. I'm like, what is that cat looking at? I look at, at the deck box and there's a chipmunk sitting on the corner of the deck box. And like three of the five of them, two of them could care less, but the, the other three just went straight for the chipmunk and into the window. So it was quite, quite comical for us, but uh, th that poor chipmunk, I, I don't know how it didn't die of a heart attack right then and then. <laughs> but all those cats hit the window. Eddie actually refers to chipmunks as Furritos. Ah, Furritos. There you go. Yeah. Nice little bite-sized yeah. snacks. Right. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to mention. You, you mentioned about bullying. Is cyberbullying a thing for you at all? Yes. Uh, I recently actually had some where uh, most times I let it go, but this one I actually re-engaged where the person basically made the comments, are you, you, know, you got to be effing nuts? What's wrong with your brain? You must be a retard. Have you had a head injury? Things like that I won't tolerate. And I usually do hit them back fairly hard in a polite way, but I like to almost let the Eddie fans take care of them. And I find that when I speak up, it's, I don't want it to sound like it's some sort of great power, but having a popular cat like Eddie with a lot of followers, I've got to be careful how I direct their energy, we'll say, because I don't want 500 people picking on one person. A bit of public shaming isn't bad, though, I will honestly admit. It might help people see a bit of the error of their ways without getting too overboard or even venturing into backbullying towards them. Mm. But I do get about every three or four months, there'll be some choice person that'll kind of appear and be a bully. Most times I'll just ignore it and let it go and just block them and forget about it. But sometimes like recently I'll engage it and just kind of hit it head on and figure you want to be a jerk. I'm going to call you out on it. 
Well, even on the, the, the topic of public shaming these people, it's I'm sure far be it from the internet to have people on there that are saying outlandish things that deserve being publicly shamed for. So that's kind of how I view that. There's some things on the internet where I just say, you know, I almost wish I had a platform where I could have somebody say, hey, like, can you guys not help explain to this person that like what they're saying is just outlandishly wrong, right? Like it's just so outlandishly wrong and so outlandishly so short-sighted, closed-minded and uh, whatever other cliche you want to throw in there. But it's it's mind-boggling to me what we see on the internet compared to what we see face-to-face. -face. I think of it as almost, almost a virtual shake to the reality. Sometimes mm -hmm. it might actually wake them up. But it has amazed me how much ire and dander that a little feline can actually raise. Because some of the comments are quite vicious and vehement. That's when crazy. Eddie, when wow. Eddie was running for mayor locally, it was it was kind of fun because we had a really bad political race going on. Fortunately, we have a good mayor now. But at the time, there was you'd almost think it was some sort of Jerry Springer kind of town mm. running at the time. And Eddie put a nice smile on it. But as a result of that, we had a few death threats towards Eddie. And our car was actually egged twice. What? So I did talk about that. Eddie lectured people on not wasting food, especially eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Which are nice animal things from flying nuggets, as he likes to call them. So, yeah. so you're able to take that negative and flip it right into a positive, though, which I absolutely love. Because it sounds to me like you made that a post and said, hey, Eddie loves his eggs. Thank you for the donation or whatever it was you, you posted. But um, yeah. And, and hopefully you caught them you before. So Hopefully you caught the eggs before they did any damage to the paint. Yes, we noticed them fairly <laughs> yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't so lucky with my last car. <laughs> oh. yeah. They can yeah. do some damage. Yeah. I'm not a fan of flying eggs. Walking home from work one day on Halloween, on October 31st, I'm walking home, and all of a sudden a random egg, boom, right in the chest. Car drives by. I'm like, what, what? Of course, I went to my manager at the time. He goes, oh, somebody knows. I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't. What? what somebody knows what? <laughs> okay, good. I was like, "What does that mean?" Because I, I don't know, know what that. No okay. clue. This is this this is the person I had to work for. Anyway, that's a, a past life of mine. That's where I get my PTSD from working yeah. for that person. Um, anyway, I think Dave's is a little more serious, but Dave's is a lot more serious. A lot more serious. It yeah. depends. If you get hit by an ostrich egg, that'll really hurt more. Ooh, yeah, that'll that's a good point. See, then I, now I'm feeling bad for the hummingbird. That's not You're good. Right. Well, yeah, Cadbury cream egg. Cadbury cream egg. Oh, and then nobody, yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going way sideways. Right? Yeah, we're, we've gone off the rails, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so to get back on the rails, um, great questions, guys. Awesome stuff. And Dave, thank you so much for your insight and for your positive view on uh, just everything that's going on right now. I know it's a stressful time for everybody. And again, a big reason why we do this show is to give people a, a fun way to look at uh, expressing yourself and showing people that it's okay to just be yourself and uh, really embrace the negative in your world and turn it into a positive. And you're able to take in that negative and digest it and spit it out like a little cat would in a real positive way. And that's fantastic. So good on you. Keep doing it. Don't let anybody get you down. You're doing awesome. We love it. We love it. There's always Eddie and there's always his catnip. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I um, I tried to coax Dixie with a little catnip blanket to sleep right here beside me so she'd be here for the show. But now nah, she is. Cats, what do you do? Um, <laughs> normally catnip. I thought it was normally catnip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Isn't that what you catnip. do? Like you bring up the catnip and that gets them to go, okay, fine, fine. If you're going to bring up the big guns, I'll show up. I'll make an appearance. You know, it's funny. Our cat Angel had no interest in catnip at all. 
None. Really? Yeah, it did nothing for her. It's just, it oh. depends on the cat, right? It does. Yep. Um, before we let you go, we're going to ask you those almighty questions that we have for you. Uh, first off, what's your jam? What song do you listen to that just gets you riled, gets you happy, gets you excited, gets you working well, whatever that might be? Do you have like a music soundtrack that goes in your head where you just love one song? I do, but it's it's an eclectic mix across the board. Lots of things like Rush, which you'll appreciate. I big will. I am uh, a big Rush fan. Tangerine Dream, so a lot of electronic music. Yellow. Um, yes, no, yellow's good. Yellow would be right in, in line with the Tangerine Dream. That's what I used to listen to back in Oshawa. Love it. And there's also Kraftwerk, another good one as well. The um, a lot of EDM, modern electronic dance music, but not the not the three minute pop version songs. I like the the progressive EDM, you know, 10, 12, 13 minute stuff. So like older mm -hmm. Paul Van Dyke, Armin Van Buren. It depends really on what I'm working on. If it's got a good strong beat behind it, and it can be an electronic beat or it can be an instrumental beat itself, so natural instruments. Lots of Pink Floyd, um, Solar Fields. Kind of depends on what I'm doing for the day, but either way, it's got a good soothing sound to it or a good hard driving beat. So you love a good long song with energy and passion and exactly. some some guts. I love it. Have you ever heard of Andreas Volenweeder? Yes. Have you? I have. Um, my mother got me into that. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. It's uh, he plays an electric harp, mm -hmm. and he's got a whole orchestra of musicians, and it's just really it's new age. But it's just fascinating. That's what I first started listening to when it was that behind-the-scenes music just to keep me going and to keep me kind of amped. So when you started talking about Tangerine Dream and all that, I started thinking back and that kind of music. It just gets you kind of drive. It's, you can play the whole album, and it just blends into itself. The uh, Tangerine Dream soundtrack for the movie Thief, which uh, came out in 1981, James Conn movie, where he plays a master safecracker. There is a scene in the movie where James Conn's character is using a massive cutting rod to cut through a massive safe to go through basically a two-foot thick, two thick steel door. The soundtrack that goes to it, once you see the scene and hear the music, whenever you hear that song after, it's basically welding brought to music. Hmm. It's, you close your eyes and you see that scene. You can, you can picture the cutting of the torch and everything. It's just incredible how they do that. Love it. That's why we yeah, asked cool. the question. Very Music. Cool. It's just, it's so powerful in so many different ways. Love it. Yeah. And All right. Rush fan too, Brian. Um, check out uh, the band Arena. I will. You'll like their stuff. They're uh, English. They're prog rock. They're um, almost a cross between early to mid Rush and Pink Floyd. Cool. With a lot See, of almost Joe Satriani sounding guitar work in there as well, too. So it's nothing as fast as Steve Vai, but more. More Seattle. More melodic. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Great car. I love this. Driving music. We'll put it that way. I'm Beautiful. definitely going to look up Arena. Thank you for that. Have you heard, have you listened to Tool at all? Yes, I have. Have you heard the new album Numa? No. Do yourself a favor. That it's their one that that's their newest one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It starts off with Fear Inoculum, and then Numa kicks in, and just it's just okay. layers on layers of awesome. Nice. So. Thank you for your recommendation, and I, I hope you enjoy that one. I will. Awesome. Now, the next question we have for you, tools of the trade. Mm -hmm. What what do you – we you, okay, in the world of photography, this is where the idea came from. Everybody's like, what's in your bag? You know, these what's in your bag videos of photographers showing their expensive camera gear. And I look at that, and I think, all right, well, that's not helpful to people because not everybody can go and buy all this expensive stuff. But what is helpful is something that you use day in and day out that other people who want to either do what you're doing with the carving or uh, even with how you handle with Eddie, what do you have a tool of the trade that gets you uh, 
um, more productive? I'd have to say the ability to look and to listen. Because with, with wood carving, for example, you know, naturally you'd say a knife, but a knife removes the product. It's being able to look and listen that shows you what's beneath the surface. So you can take a block of wood, but it takes something different to see a shape in that wood or a piece of wood, the shape and how the grain orients. So it's more tactile, being able to see, being able to hear. That's the ultimate thing. And it works with animals, works with people. Yeah. Yeah, it works with life, really. And I think as a photographer, this is what we learn in photography is to be more aware of where the light's hitting in the shadows and pay attention to what the earth is providing us to capture. And um, it definitely, I guess, I, I totally see how it would apply to wood carving and just life in general. Exactly. It's when we can stop and just listen and look. We learn so much more. That Beautiful. stress as well, too. A lot of stress gets lowered. <laughs> yeah. So true, especially if you're driving. Listen, look, pay attention. Don't freak out right away. Just soak it in. Or put on cruise control and doze off. Oh, yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last question we have for you is uh, basically a photo challenge. So well, not a photo challenge, a challenge, a life mm -hmm. challenge that you would issue to other people to open them up to uh, or to help open them up maybe to whatever you want to do. I know we've done our own photo challenges when we had our own show. Uh, what challenge would you issue to our viewers to, I don't know, to challenge them? And he keeps saying photo challenge. I feel like they're trying to push me out here, Brian. No, I feel no, like no. Trying to push me out and <laughs> I've got 15 years of issuing photo challenges in my brain, and that's just kind of where I, I keep on talking. Just so. messing with you. I miss those challenges. I, miss I know. Those challenges. I actually had some. I was reading some YouTube video posts uh, earlier today, and I saw somebody mention, "Why are the challenges? I need those challenges." I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start something up again. Yeah, that was anyway. probably me. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Not this time. So go ahead, Dave. That's okay. Basically along the lines of uh, the reply that I sent you in the email for people to just stop and do nothing. Not cease, but just stand there. Just look. Just listen. Kind of relax. Not, I'm not going to say meditate. I'm not going to say let go and focus on breathing, but just almost that kind of hustle on point that you're listening to a song you've heard a thousand times and then you realize, I never heard that note before or watching a movie where you've seen, again, a thousand times. I've never seen that scene before. It's just that kind of Hyperion period that you just witness things. You learn a little bit more about it. And we can all do that if we stop and just look, listen, just kind of feel things. Get out of that bubble that we're all trapped in. Awesome. I love it for a different reason even, because as a former drummer, mm -hmm. I find myself listening to a lot of music and in my, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm tapping on things and I'm, I'm, you know, feeling the music. And then all of a sudden, one time I'm listening to it and I don't do those things. I'm like, oh, I was getting that all wrong. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, I was just playing what I thought was being played. I wasn't listening to it and really hearing what was supposed to be happening. So I learned that a while ago when you just stop and you pay attention to the song a couple of times, you start to hear it differently. And yeah, definitely. That's why I like a lot of the longer EDM because you can actually pick it layer to layer. It's almost like eight track recording. You're picking it layer after layer after layer, and then you stop and you discover another layer to it. You don't get bored. Exactly. Yep. Totally. Totally. That's why I like the music I like. And I like very much the music you were all rhyming off. So that makes perfect sense. Why? Yeah. Awesome. Right, Love it. You know. Let me know what you think. I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll absolutely do that. Okay. Um, before we say goodbye, uh, we usually will talk about, sorry, Aurora, did you have something else you wanted to? No. Okay. Uh, before we say goodbye, we want to usually mention some causes that we're, that are all very near and dear to us personally. Um, I'm going to start with Aurora, if you would, because I know you and I share the same 
passion for the mental health foundations that we talk about. Maybe you can give a quick uh, rundown on the Henry's Foundation. Yeah, um, so both me and Brian work at Henry's and back last February, um, uh, Amy from Henry's um, uh, decided she just wanted to start a not-for-profit charity based on putting mental health into focus. Um, and basically um, what it is, is it's a completely not-for-profit. All the donations go to uh, Kids Help Phone, Jack.org, KMH, and other Canadian mental health institutions. Um, what's really unique about uh, the Henry's Foundation is that it's also pretty localized as well. So we have two national partners, um, Kids Help Phone and Jack.org, um, but we also have local partners in different areas of Canada to stretch all across of Canada. So if you donate here in Ontario, a part of that money goes to CAMH um, and then the two national partners. But if you uh, donate in Vancouver, um, part of that money goes to BGUBC Hospital and Kids Help Phone and uh, Jack.org. So um, it's also very localized as well. You're hoping uh, helping your local community. Um, I personally, um, uh, for me, it's a big uh, thing because I personally struggled with mental health, anxiety all my life um, and other things. I have a, a sibling who actually stayed in KMH for uh, multiple weeks. And um, since that happened, I wanted to get involved uh, some way. And uh, Amy announced that she was going to start this charity like three years back, I think it was. And I was like, yes, I need to get involved. Um, so any chance I get, I love to talk about it. Um, mental health is real and even more now. So with COVID, like a lot of people struggling um, yeah. at home and, and all that. So um, it's, big it's important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like it too, that, you know, you have a foundation like Henry's, they're trying to raise money, but they know that they can't help people. So they give the money to the people that can help people, which... Uh yeah. is important. I know. Here we are. We have Eddie. Eddie. The famous Eddie. Eddie. He appeared. So cute. And he oh, even has boy. a bow tie, bow tie on. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> there we go. Yes. He always wears a bow tie? He does. He is very nice. Oh, that's awesome. There he is. There oh. he is looking. There he is. <laughs> I just called Shelly to see if, you want, if she wants to come and see Eddie. Oh, Eddie, man. Look at the camera. Turn your head away. What a good boy. So for those of you listening on Spotify, we're looking at a cat. What's happening right now? Adorable yellow bow tie. Yep. Blue stripes. Oh, man. Yellow and some green to it. Uh, there he so is. We're saying, though, Aurora, but Eddie just kind of appeared. That's okay. I was, like, right at the end of the mental health chalk. And, you know, pets are a big, a big things um they help a lot with mental health so oh absolutely absolutely grounded and you can see by the size of my hand <laughs> big boy he's a big he's guy cute. oh he's so cute. i love his temperament though it really comes through in the photos of him too yeah he's yeah. a great big suck kind of squirming a bit so he's going back on the stool hey no worries that's great <laughs> i'm glad you made an appearance thank you so much all right thanks uh, Mark, you also have something that you'd like to talk about. Uh, I do, actually. Uh, I work for Shoppers Drug Mart here in uh, in Canada for our international listeners. But uh, we do, every year we do the Shoppers Drug Mart, uh, the Love You Run, run for Women. And uh, the last couple of years, it's been a virtual run uh, last year. And then again, this year, it'll be virtual because of COVID. 
Uh, so it's happening uh, across Canada. I think it's 17 or 18 cities, um, and it happens July 4th to the 11th. Um, so anybody that's interested can go to runforwomen.ca. You can join an existing team. You can start a team um, up here in Thunder Bay. I think we've got 50 people that are doing a, a run or walk uh, during that week. Uh, and all of the money raised uh, for the run goes towards local mental health charities for women. So um, that uh, stays in your local community. So for us here uh, in uh, in this district, uh, they'll be going to organizations within Thunder Bay, but uh, uh, there are uh, runs uh, all over Canada, Unionville, Whitby, uh, Ottawa, Moncton, uh, all over the place. So um, go ahead and go check that out. Awesome. Ryan, oh, sorry, um, somebody else have anything? I thought I was interrupting. No? Okay, Ryan, you also would like to say something quickly. Yeah, I just always love to uh, reach out to anybody who's struggling with addiction. Um, as somebody who's been through it, I know that it's it's a pain in the ass. It's something that definitely affects you both mentally, physically, in pretty much every aspect of your life. So if you find that you're in a place right now where you've lost control or you, you're unhappy with the way you're living your life, just know that you can reach out, whether it to be the the multiple resources that are out there family friends even if it's a relationship you feel you might have damaged i guarantee you if you reach out there is there's hope there's a way to to come back and and bounce back to a level that will make you happy and put you at a point in your life that you want to be at so for me it's always just anybody struggling with addiction just know that it, it does get a lot easier it really does you just have to put that first step in beautiful thank you and of course dave i know you do a lot of work especially for the um the uh, shelter. I believe you did a, a whole found uh, a charity event for the shelter. Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we say goodbye? The uh, if you can follow Eddie on his page, we do different charitable events. Uh, I do a wooden carved bow tie every year, and I've been selling a lot of them every year close to Christmas. And we take one third of the profits from that, and we actually donate to the shelter. Last year we did over three hundred bow ties, so it was like a one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollar donation to them. Nice. We're shooting for 400 bow ties, which we've already carved this year. So that'll mean like a $2,000 gift for the shelter. Fantastic. And anytime we're doing any fundraising for the Collingwood and District Humane Society, it's on Eddie's Facebook page. So you're more than welcome to join in. So everybody follow Eddie's Facebook page and yep. the Instagram pages. We'll put all the links in the notes at the bottom when this is all done. And thank you, Dave. Thank you so thank much. You. This was a, a great conversation. Really makes me feel great having these talks. There he is. There we go. <laughs> He's on his stool. He's happy. We're going to screen capture this one. <laughs> that looked like he was posing there, yeah. Yeah, totally. He's that sitting on his stool enjoying it now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank All you right. very much for having me on here too, guys. I appreciate it. It's been You're very welcome. It was an absolute blast. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for us tonight, guys. Thank you all so much for watching. Don't forget to like our videos, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Spotify accounts, and just uh, spread the word. Maybe share this with some friends that maybe need a good conversation to make them feel better about where they're at in life or all the stresses that you're going through. We're all, do we're all going through it. We're all doing the best we can. And creativity is such a great avenue for us to get through that. And uh, by talking to so many great creative people like Dave tonight, um, hopefully we're, we're giving somebody a little bit of strength through all this mess. So Aurora, Ryan, Mark, thank you guys as always for being here with me and doing this. And Dave, one more time, thank you so much and good night, everybody. Good night. Ooh, ooh, ooh.